Welcome, folks, to week nine of the Take the Points College Football Podcast, the least prepared and most uninformed college football podcast in America. I'm Tom, uh, live from Connecticut, here with my co-hosts, Dan and Ryan, live from Phoenix, Arizona. Dan, I'll kick it to you first. What would you like to talk about from week eight? Ohio State uh, beating Iowa 54-10 was uh, as expected. Just when you think Iowa's offense can't get worse, it was actually worse against the defense that it actually isn't any good. So that was bad. Um, the Oklahoma State-Texas game was a lot of fun. And uh, besides that, it was kind of a mellow week. But um, I think this week's going to be good, and then next week's really good. So uh I'm excited to move forward here in the college football season. And then next week we get back Maction too. So we just got to get through this weekend and then it's on. So uh, there's, I believe there's football being played like 45 days in a row beginning on Thursday between NFL and college. Yeah. So, so beginning, uh, um, so we're recording this on Wednesday night, October 26th, starting tomorrow, there is football every single day until November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, I think is an off day. Mm. And then it picks up again for like, I don't know, at least another week or 10 days or something like that. So it is like, it's like 44 out of 45 days or something like that. Excellent. And I think next week at, uh, at the end of the show, I think we have to make our, uh, our, um, our choices for the world cup. We got a uh, world cup picks coming in. Uh, that is coming up here next month out of nowhere, which I'm excited about as well. Yes. That thing I definitely knew was happening. I'm look forward to talking about <laughs> that off the top of my head and not cramming for it over the next week. Qatar, Qatar 2022, nothing shady going on there. Totally nothing fine. at all. Totally fine. Normal, normal place to have a soccer tournament. The biggest tournament of, of any sport in the entire world, but you know, it's insane. a, it's a, it's a crisp, cool one eighteen right there right mm-hmm. now, but temperatures could reach as high as one forty seven by game time. The storied uh, soccer tradition in, in, uh, in Qatar. I mean, there, I mean, there, there's no reason to even talk about it on there. Well, the, I will grades. say, have you guys seen that there's going to be a Netflix FIFA documentary? Oh, fantastic. It's all about the scandal, the whole set blotter, everything. It's this whole huge Netflix doc. I can't, I watched the trailer like three times. I'm so fired up for this. It's going to be great. Well, I don't like to, you know, I won't say people's names on the podcast, but my uh, next door neighbor from growing up went on to become a lawyer for FIFA. Ryan knows who I'm talking about. So uh, he was never, he was never lacking for work in that position, being a lawyer for FIFA. That is correct, Tom. All right. Things are going to spiral out of control if we keep talking about soccer. So it's time to get to the real sport. America's one and only true sport, college football. I see no reason to reflect on last week. I'll, of course, give my report from my trip to Happy Valley when we get to that game. But I'm going to turn it over to Dan Partridge to lead us through the lines for week nine. Let's do it, Dan, right off the bat. Hang on, Dan. I'm cutting you off. (laughs) America, we need... We need to make an apology. I need to make an apology, America. For eight weeks, we have been dominating the tarmac report, nailing every pick. But America, I let you down. I missed one. (laughs) Will Healy at Charlotte 
the fake 49ers. I apologize. I thought that when you were hired as the second youngest coach in Division One history, that they'd give you a little bit more leeway, but they did not. So I do apologize to America for letting you down and missing a tarmac coach. I'll try not to let it happen again. But on the plus side, we do get the post-firing bump of Charlotte plus 16 and a half at Rice. Just giving you one for free off the top. Sorry, America, I will do better. Two things I'd like to say about that. Obviously, we don't you know, discuss the show ahead of time or prepare in any way, as I mentioned before. I thought that you were going to apologize for including Brett Bielema and the 17th ranked Illinois fighting Illini. No. Never. You'll never back down nope. about that one. Absolutely no, him, not. Him and Dino are still... They're still on finish ice. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the True. other thing is like, I, I give you credit because, a, you know, a smaller man, a lesser man could have said like, well, you know, Charlotte, who cares about them? But you, you know, you don't make excuses. There should be no firings that, that slip past the tarmac. If you're a bad coach, I will find you. <laughs> you are the the Dexter Morgan of bad coaching. You track them down and you you right those wrongs. That's right. All right. I tried to throw the lines immediately, and that meant there would only be an eight minute delay. So we'll still this will still be the quickest we ever got to lines in the history of the show, Dan. All right, let's go. Thursday night, Virginia Tech and NC State. NC State at home minus thirteen and a half. Over under 39. Outside of Iowa Northwestern, which we will spend 30 to 45 minutes on later, this is the worst fucking game of the week. Uh, Both offenses are absolutely terrible. Virginia Tech can't score. NC State can't score without their uh, quarterback. The total's 39. You might be thinking, wow, ACC, 39 points, night game. That's too high. No, it's not. Uh, go ahead and bet the under in that game. No one gets above 20, and uh, it's going to be terrible. It's like the worst possible way to kick off the college football weekend. So uh, I just want to briefly mention that. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that shitbag game. Also Thursday night, Utah travels to Washington State. Utah minus seven, total 55. Really interesting game. Uh, Utah, five and two overall, three and one in the Pac-12. Still has a chance to win the Pac-12 and make a Rose Bowl again. Washington State, 4-3. and three, um, Highlight of the year beating um, Wisconsin, but hasn't really played great since. Ryan, any feel on this game? Um, this is a tough one. And it's, it's really only tough for one reason. And that is because win or lose, Cougs still booze. That's right. That's the Washington State Athletics motto. I learned that from listening to a Clay Thompson interview recently where he said, win or lose, Coog still booze. And that's a tough, tough place to play. So initially I was like, that's not enough. It should be 10. But I think they get the extra boost that college football gets that the NFL doesn't get, which it's more than three points home field for certain teams. and. I think I still like Utah, but this is a this is a tough one for me. 
the back door is wide open with that seven. Tom, you got any feel on this one? Pass. Perfect. Uh, let's go into Friday. East Carolina at BYU. BYU at home, laying three, total 63 and a half. Uh, this BYU squad is no good. Um, they've lost three in a row to Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Liberty. Last week, they played the third-string quarterback against Liberty. There were something like 18 to 20 players for Liberty out of the game, out with injury. It was uh, embarrassing, and they lost 41 to 14 to Liberty's backups. Uh, that shouldn't happen if you're BYU. Their defense is terrible. East Carolina, by the way, um, home dog against UCF and destroyed Malzahn's squad last week. So give me the three points with East Carolina here. I think there's a good chance they win this game outright. I think BYU sucks, and I wish I didn't put money on them when they played Notre Dame in Vegas. That was a bad bet. But, um, yeah, I just want to mention that one real quick. All right, let's go into Saturday. Right off the bat, here you go, Tom Z. Ohio State travels to Penn State. Ohio State laying 15 and a half, total 62. Take it away, Tom. Well, let me talk about my experience traveling to the whiteout game, Penn State against Minnesota, and then I will talk about nothing else. We don't need to talk about any further activities happening this week. Um, Great experience as usual. The whiteout game for those who uh, haven't been is the greatest event in college football for sure. And I would say maybe all of sports. I have not been to a Super Bowl until the bills make it this year, but you know, I can't imagine anything cooler, more fun. Um, as my dad put it nicely, being in the stadium in a whiteout is its own event. And then, Oh yeah, there also happens to be a football game going on. So um, I don't know, you know, I haven't been to a big time stadium besides Penn state in a few years. So I don't know what happens elsewhere, but here, like every second is some kind of entertainment, some kind of announcement, music, pumping people up. Like it's an experience from start to finish. And the best parts of the whiteout are the stuff you don't see on TV. Um, all the little performances, the, you know, 10 to 15 minutes before game time, they had this new lion's light show where people's like cameras flashed in sync. Um, they timed it up to uh, in the air tonight by Phil Collins and they, they bring the team out when, you know, the drums hit, which they've been doing for a while, but um, it's great. Everything about it was awesome. Penn state played well. It was a fun time. I went to the um, upstate New York <coughs> alumni chapter tailgate, which was fun. So it combined my two loves of Pennsylvania and upstate New York. And uh, I did not get any else tuna style pizza since they, uh, have upgraded the food significantly in central Pennsylvania since our last visit, Dan, uh, since the last time we went to see Penn state play Minnesota in 99, um, they went from Altoona style pizza to now farm to stadium cuisine. Uh, and it was just amazing. All good times, Penn state won, and, uh, that's it. And then, uh, they got a bye week this week and nothing else happened. So, <laughs> Uh, actually my, so my, my two brothers are actually going, uh, this week. And so they'll be there a big noon, uh, for the stripe out, which, you know, we've seen at some other schools 
Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a half-assed effort next to the whiteout, but like mm. Penn state invented the whiteout, everyone else ripped them off. So they're allowed to rip off others doing the stripe out. So it's fine. I don't think the impact of it at noon is going to be the same. Uh, big noon sucks and they should get rid of it. Um, noon games by definition are not big. And I don't like having big games at noon on, especially like big noon on Fox. They always seem to let me down. Can't remember really like a good, close, compelling big noon game. So get rid of that shit. This should be a three thirty game. It should be ending like, you know, going into the third or fourth as the sun is setting. That would be much better. Uh, that's it. Don't need to make a prediction. We all know what's going to happen. Dan. Ryan. I honestly have no feel for this game. I don't know if Penn state's got enough offense to keep up. I don't know if Ohio state's defense is actually decent or not. So I'm going to, this is a complete stay away for me. I'm going to make a little bit of a surprising pick here. I like Penn state quite a bit in this game. Um, Played at Michigan. Michigan was more physical, and that was the problem. They they physically manhandled Penn State's offensive line, and we've seen it before in college and pro football, where teams who love to throw the ball just can't help themselves, and they refuse to run the to hand the ball off and run, even though it's it's available anytime that they want it. Um, I think it's an advantage to Penn State that that this is an early start, actually, and Ohio State you know, has to play a noon game as opposed to like waiting and be like, all right, eight o'clock primetime ABC, here we go. Um, I think Penn State matches up pretty good actually with Ohio State. They've been a thorn in uh, Ohio State's side a little bit over the past 10 years or so, even when Penn State wasn't an elite team. Um, Penn State has players who can who can at least uh, try to slow down the wide receiving core a little bit. I don't think the Ohio State defense is any good. They just came off of playing Iowa, which is a joke of an offense. So even Penn State um, doing some stuff uh, will give them a little bit of trouble. I'm going to bet Penn State for sure, plus 15 and a half. And I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Penn State money line uh, just in case uh, of an upset, and it wouldn't shock me, and uh, go Nittany Lions on Saturday. Wow, Dan. Very exciting. I know. I will say, you know, I don't disagree with anything you said. And, you know, even Minnesota, even though they couldn't get much going, their run game was – pretty good against Penn state. I mean, you know, Ibrahim is a great running back and if Ohio state was disciplined enough to, you know, stick with the run in a physical game, I, I think they'd have an advantage, but we all know. I don't think they, they will. They're, they can't, you know, they can't do it. They can't do it. They're going to throw, they're going to throw the ball all over the lot. Joey Porter jr. Makes a pick six. Clifford makes a couple random plays and hits the tight ends and they grind some clock and, you know, a fumble here, a pick there. 15 and a half is a lot of points to lay. Uh, give me Penn State, hoping for a close game, and uh, I'll be rooting for them to pull off the upset. We'll I'm find with, out. I'm with you in spirit. Thank you. All right, also 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, TCU travels to West Virginia. 7-0 TCU coming off a win against Kansas State um, at West Virginia. We know about Neil Brown and company. TCU. Do, do we know? Do we know enough? Well, we we might we may not uh, I I'm not sure but anyway TCU seven and zero uh, beat Kansas State last week they caught a bit of a break in that game Kansas State was up twenty eight to ten uh, Adrian Martinez got knocked out in the first series of the game backup came in played incredibly well then he got knocked out of the game 
On top of that, Kansas State lost five other starters besides the quarterbacks last week to injury, and TCU got very fortunate to win that game. Um, TCU, uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried about um, their uh, defense. Um, just going back here a little bit, they gave up 34 to SMU. Uh, the Oklahoma game doesn't count because of the backups. And they gave up 31 to Kansas, 40 to Oklahoma State, 28 to Kansas State through the first half. Um, Morgantown's a weird place. There is some talent on the West Virginia offense. They can't play any defense at all. So uh, I'm going to go with the over in this game of 69. Uh, I think both teams can get in the 30s. Um, as much as Neil Brown's an idiot and West Virginia sucks, TCU should be on upset alert. It's the Big 12. It's a cross-country trip. It's a noon start on the East Coast and not having a good defense. But, um, you know. I'll, I'll be rooting for TCU. And I just want to give uh, a quick – I'm getting some head shakes from my colleagues. And I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, TCU's coach, um, Sonny Dykes. Look at uh, SMU and Cal since he's left those programs, how bad they've gotten comparatively since he's there. So he's a fantastic coach. Um, you might see him leave TCU in two years for a really big job, maybe like Texas A&M, maybe sooner than later. Um, but yeah, Sonny Dykes, great coach, but, uh, I'm going to bet the over just in case this one gets out of control and stay away from the side. But, uh, I think I might get some disagreement. Ryan, go right ahead. Well, Dan, if you insist, I will have, I will have some things to say here, but before we get to that, it's tarmac time, folks. Very nice. Very nice. Oh Yeah. Right away, we're getting this early. We're getting right into it. Active year. We got to stay active. Can we start Number with a quick... I'm sorry, Ryan, but I feel like we need to start with a mid-season recap of the tarmac because it's been a journey. <laughs> Can you just walk us through those who have come and gone? Uh, well, in memoriam, we have a we have a little segment. Tom, put some, put some nice... Grammy's music on in the background post on, on your post on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll do in it me- after. In memoriam, we have had Scott Frost, Herm Edwards, <laughs> Jeff Collins, uh, Carl Durrell. We have, yeah, um, we hardly knew you. We hardly, hardly knew you. And yeah, that's that's what we've had so far. And Will Healy snuck through, but we'll get him. So yeah, we've, we've had some... Oh, and her. We've had some casualties this year. But there, there have been some disasters who are still around. I mean, the firings don't quite do it justice. It's been a hell of a year. Hell of a year, and it's still going. And it's probably going to start down in the state of Florida, where things always get weird. Jeff Scott, USF. This is this is getting bad. They are they're terrible. Like if they lose at Temple in two weeks, and he doesn't get left in Philadelphia, like it's gonna get, it's gonna there's gonna be outrage in South Florida. I can promise you that. Speaking of outrage, they're gonna they're gonna chop them up and put them in one of the Pats and Geno sandwiches. 
They're just going to, they're just going to, no, instead of firing him, they're just going to put him in cowboy's gear and send him to the link. Oh God. Yeah. Death by uh, battery hitting. Correct. Uh, Number four, his face gets redder than their team's uniforms. (laughs) Butch Jones at Arkansas state just waddling around like a moron out there on the field. He's so he's just useless at this point. All he does is scream and yell and is like no coaching at all. He's, he's got to go. Number three, Dan, you are on this and you, you, you walked a tightrope and I'm here to tell you, don't, don't worry. There's a net. You can, you can go on that tightrope because Neil Brown, this is the week. You mentioned Sonny Dykes, underrated, excellent coach who deserves his Shang Tsung. He is too good of a coach to not have a Shang Tsung, and this is the week. You mentioned Morgantown is a tough place to play. Well, Texas Tech went into Morgantown last week and beat them 48-10. to 10. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> TCU is with their third is, string quarterback, third string, third string. Correct. Correct. TCU is going to absolutely throttle them this week. And I think this is it. I think this is the Neil Brown week. Number two, just because you aren't a buy last week, doesn't mean you're less of a loser. Brian Harson, <laughs> you can't escape us. You are on your way to a chicken shop. Dan already laid it out. That's where you're going to be. Speaking of Sonny Dykes, there's the spot for him right there. If I'm Auburn, I am throwing the bag at Sonny Dykes. All he does is win. And he, you need offense. Yep. The way the Bama recruits, you have to, you need offense. Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach. You got to score, man. And you need a guy like Sonny Dykes. Older guy, respect. That's the play. Love it. And, and at number one, I don't know what coach could come in and, and salvage this disaster. Because they need to fire not just the head coach, but also <laughs> the offensive coordinator. After an 80-yard passing performance. Oh, my God. <laughs> You lost by 44 and still only threw for 80 yards. Kirk and Brian Ferentz. It's, you gotta go, man. Have you guys been following the lawsuit story with these guys? No, go right ahead. Yes, I have, but you take it. Well, they're still being sued by their former players for being really racist. And... He somehow they got a judge like a year ago to like throw it out, or not throw it out. They got it delayed until the season was over. Yeah, postponed until the season was over, and they were supposed to answer the subpoena this summer. And they was like, "Nope, not going to happen." And they're just refusing to to answer their subpoena. They're refusing to testify. They're like, "Nope, we're immune to that. We're football coaches. It's different here." And they're just refusing the subpoena. And now they're in season again. And they're saying, well, we can't do this until at least the season's over. And 
I think he's going to get fired and he's either going to have to ditch town or he's going to have to testify. It's going to be one or the other. It's going to be the former. He's going to ditch town and he's never going to testify. If I, I will say if I were them, I would say uh, to the judge, well, we started going to the courthouse, but we don't know how to finish a drive. Boom. Tom nails it. That's a great, great cap to the tarmac week nine tarmac folks. Uh, Yeah, that's it. And I do have one quick question for you guys. He's not on the tarmac, but it's, it's a question. Are we sure Matt Campbell's a good football coach? No, no. Matt Campbell there. Okay. There should be a corollary to the tarmac called the, um, like missed your shot list or the, like should have taken the cash when you had the chance. I don't, you know, I can't think of a catchier name. Oh yeah. Drop the bag, drop the bag. Oh, he dropped the (laughs) bag bag. worse than anyone. He could have left two years ago after, you know, Brees hall and, um, man, he could be making like Lincoln Riley money, but instead, uh, well, you know, instead he's borderline tarmac. So he's, he's getting close though. Unfortunately, it's hard to make the tarmac because the competition's so stiff. I noticed you did not include Mike McIntyre. Who's been on the last few weeks. Um, just, there's just no room. There's just no room, Tom. There is no room. We say many times the tarmac is a club and there's a long line waiting at the velvet rope outside. That's right. As soon as this flight leaves, we're going to let the next group in. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yes. Boarding. We're on, we're boarding like group D of this season already. We are. That is a good point. So yeah, I would say, uh, I would say he is in the, he refer, referring to Campbell is in the next boarding group. He's on the list. He's got his ticket. He's been through security. He's taken off his shoes, put them back on. He's, uh, he's over at Chili's too, getting a wrap to go. And, uh, they're, they're going to call his name soon. I think we talk about our uh, Mac 2024 and, you know, if Campbell doesn't survive, he's a good candidate for a Mac job now after being up for, you know, Texas, USC, et cetera. Uh, and I think there might be an opening in the Mac soon because I'm, I'm saying waiting out at the velvet rope or the next boarding class, whatever you want to call it. Joe Moorhead's got to make that list sometime soon. He's, he's on the short list. I will say during my trip to happy Valley, a lot of, a lot of interest in bringing back Joe Moorhead as offensive coordinator. I think a lot of people he, would be open. He to might be, ava- he might be available sooner than you think, Tom. I think sometimes, he might be, sometimes he might the be stars align in the rust belt. He might be on sale on black Friday. Keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 72% off all Joe them now. All right, Dan. Let's continue on. <laughs> Nor- Notre Dame travels to Syracuse. Syracuse minus two and a half, total 48. Uh, Syracuse coming off a heartbreaking loss to Clemson. Two ways you can look at that game. One, Syracuse was a personal foul penalty away from beating Clemson on the road. The other way you can look at it is Clemson played the worst possible game they could ever play. DJ was turned the ball over three times, including a fumble on the five-yard line and missed 
two or three open passes that may have went for touchdowns and they still lost the game. So it falls somewhere in there. Um, Notre Dame sucks flat out. Um, oddly enough, they've only played two games on the road this year. First one at Ohio state, they actually looked decent and only lost by 11 and their game was at North Carolina where they won. And those are the best two performances all year at home. They've been terrible. Um, if Notre Dame was actually functioning at all, I would love them this week because it's a massive letdown spot for Syracuse. Uh, hard to get up for a game after blowing it to Clemson. But Notre Dame's just terrible. Um, I'm going to go under 48 in this game and uh, hope for a slop fest, which I think is very likely. Tom, what do you think about this one? Well, um, back to my trip to Happy Valley. Um, because there's 109,000 people in the tailgating fields and in the stadium, you have no cell phone service, basically. Occasionally, you'll get a text message like 20 minutes late or something. So, you know, our friend Shima, devoted Syracuse fan, was texting throughout the earlier afternoon saying like, oh, Cuse, Cuse is the best, basically narrating every single play of the game. And then uh, I went over to the stadium around the beginning of the fourth quarter and lost reception and also therefore kind of didn't know what was going on. And the text messages stopped from Chima. And then like 45 minutes later, I just get one that says pathetic. So I'm like, shit, I guess SU blew an 11 point lead. It was, it was the weird game without saying anything about the game. He told me all I needed to know. So uh, I didn't get to watch the fourth quarter, but it sounded like a big letdown. I will say I still like Syracuse in this spot. Notre Dame stinks, as you said. And uh, if Clemson goes on to make the playoff and uh, it'll happen because DJ's benched, then um, Dabo should send a, an edible arrangements up to Dino. It's true. Ryan, what do you think about this game? Same as you guys. I think it's Syracuse is the better team. It's less than three points. It's kind of a no brainer there. And I love the under two, Dan. That's a, that's a really good call. You know, 27, 16 sounds about right here. Yeah. 23, 19, I think is accurate. Um, This game won't be 23, 19 Arkansas at Auburn, Arkansas minus three and a half total 62. Man, Arkansas, a different team with K.J. Jefferson. They just score points. It's like they're almost like uh, Hendon Hooker in Tennessee when he's there. They score a billion points. They went to BYU and dropped a 100 on them. Line's a little low because Arkansas showed – or sorry, Auburn showed a little bit of life uh, at Ole Miss and scored some points. But anyway, I'm taking the over 62. Arkansas's defense isn't that good. They can score points. Auburn might uh, score points like they did against uh, Ole Miss. Parson is an idiot of a coach. Uh, pretty straightforward. Ryan, what do you think about this one? Same. Um, I think the line is a little bit skewed, like you said, because of the Auburn performance and also the bye week, you know, coming off a bye, yeah. they have extra time to prepare. But no, Arkansas is clearly, clearly the better team. I like Arkansas on this spot. The over is a little bit shady because I don't know. I think I don't know if Auburn players are pissed because they thought Harson was going to get fired during their bye week, and I'm not sure how hard they're going to play. So I don't know if they can score enough to keep uh, to get that 62. But I definitely love Arkansas. See, you got anything on this one? 
Uh, so uh, breaking news. Um, I so breaking. I didn't even catch the guy's name, but I believe it's a receiver from Auburn. Just said that he's entering the transfer portal at the end of the year. So he's preemptively declared. Three people now. Okay. Three three guys in the last four days have put Smart. messages on Instagram that yeah. they are entering the transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, there was a new one that just happened right before we started recording tonight. So, um, it, it's over. Good. It's over there. I'll obviously take Arkansas. I do think Auburn will do what they did last week or two weeks ago in their last game where they keep it deceptively close. So I'll put a little bit on, uh, Arkansas minus three and a half. And I think the over under, I think the total's pretty accurate. So I'm going to stay away from that. All right. Game of the week, BC at yes. UConn, BC minus seven and a half. We're, we're back, baby. UConn football. Total, total 44 and a half. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, where I work is right um, pretty close to the UConn Hartford branch campus. And um, I've never seen UConn football stuff there. Like they have all the Yukon, they, they have the, um, the bookstore, you know, and it's just tons of Yukon clothes, hoodies, sweatshirts, quarter zips, like ever, anything you can imagine, except anything that says Yukon football. And, uh, uh-huh. the way things are going, Dan, I think by the end of the season, they are going to have at least one item that says Yukon football. I love it. Take the points with the home team of the take the points podcast, the university of Connecticut Huskies. And Dan's alma mater, our beloved team. That's right. And Ryan, you got to pick on this? No. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I'm cut you off. <laughs> no, no. I, okay. I knew Ryan I knew Ryan was going to pass, so I was going to throw back to you and say, you know, you are you are a UConn alum, but you also really love Boston College. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I will say some stuff. Um, I'm not going to do Coach's Restaurant in this game. We'll save that for later. But. BC's played three games on the road uh, this year. Let's just check the results here, gentlemen. At Vatech, that lethal Vatech team beat them twenty-seven to ten. Oh my At God. Florida State, at Florida State, lost forty-four fourteen. Mm. At Wake Forest last week, lost forty-three fifteen. Uh, not good. They are awful. Um, hates Boston College. This game's at UConn. Give me UConn plus seven and a half. Sprinkle a little on that UConn money line. If UConn beats BC, oh, that, that make me so happy. I hate those bastards so much. And, um, yeah, go Huskies to get to four and five. That would be a monumental improvement year one with I, uh, Mora. So. I think they got a go real UConn. shot. I think they could win this one outright. That's right. Uh, if UConn wins this game, there's a chance we can get to six wins. There's a there's a path to a bowl game. If which, UConn wins this, there's another guy waiting in the queue to get on the tarmac. Yeah, there is. Halfley uh, has just submitted his his application, and he is he's on route. He's he's You're right. If it, he's downloading the uh, his boarding pass to his Apple wallet, getting ready. If, if UConn wins this game, I, I I have a feeling we might see a new entry next week. Um, all right, let's continue on. Let, let's skip through some of the crap games. Uh, here's one real quick. I just want to mention, uh, Miami at Virginia, Miami minus two total 48. Uh, last week I gave you Louisville Pitt as the you're insane. If you gamble on this game, well, it's Miami, Virginia this week, both teams 
literally cannot function at playing college football. Miami had eight, eight turnovers last week. Eight. I don't know how that's even possible. I've never seen eight. I've, I'll, I'll, I've never seen eight. I've never seen eight in any level I've ever played at or played at. Watch whatever, you know what I'm saying? Virginia's terrible, too. They, they can't score more than 16 points a game. Brendan Armstrong looks like he's going to kill somebody. I got to say, Syracuse made a nice move steal in their offensive coordinator because they're, a, they're in shambles without them. Both teams suck. Both teams can't score. You can't bet an under. You can't bet an over. You can't bet Miami. You can't bet Virginia. We're not talking about this game anymore, but this game will be Damn. a total shit show. Don't you want to do our, our brand new segment, Your Opinion is <laughs> yeah, go Wrong? Ahead. All go right. ahead, Tom. This is Who would a, you like to pick? This is a new segment for the listeners that we invented last week. Dan picks a game that sets up perfectly where all possible answers are wrong. Ryan and I will offer opposing opinions and Dan will tell both of us why we're wrong. So Thank I, you. Go right ahead, Tom. So I will start. Uh, all right. Miami is a program in chaos. Cristobal, we know he's a good coach. He's got a history. But he's got to do some house cleaning down there. He's got to turn things around, and it's going to take more than a year. Therefore, I like the Virginia Cavaliers to cover the spread and win outright in a low-scoring close game. Great. Uh, you're, you're totally incorrect, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Miami's got more talent. Virginia has no offensive line. Miami gave up 50-some points to freaking, what was that, Middle Tennessee State? You think an ACC team's not going to score 40 themselves? You're crazy. Ryan, what's your pick on this game? Well, Dan, I have to say, Miami's a prideful program. It's a long flight from Miami to Charlottesville. I think it's a good time to watch the U30 for 30 documentary on the flight, get fired up, bring the pride Mm -hmm. back. I love Miami in this spot. I love the over. Miami in the over, huh? Well, Miami had eight turnovers last week, and I don't see that improving anytime soon. They're three and four. They lost at home badly to Middle Tennessee State. Virginia can't function on offense. They can't score more than 16 points. How the hell do you like it over? You're out of your mind. That is our brand new segment, Your Opinion is Wrong. Thank you to Mr. Dan Partridge. I would like to point out that the final score in Louisville Pitt last week was 13-10. Anybody see 13-10 coming in as the final score in that game? Fucking Satterfield and Narduzzi. Anything can happen, and it did. So, unbelievable. Oh, my God. Pitt, Pitt scored 10 offensive points in the last seven quarters. How the hell? How the hell is that possible? Oh, my God. College football is just the best ever. I love it so much. All right, let's continue on here and get back to business. 3.30 Eastern slate, Florida at Georgia. Georgia laying 22.5, over under 56.5. I'll keep this real simple. Kirby Smart hates Florida more than any other team in all of college football. He's made this clear. He said it in interviews. Hatred, 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 hatred. Florida's glaring weakness on their team is their run defense, and that does not bode well. I have a bad feeling that Georgia's going to run for about 400 yards in this game and blow the doors off of them. Uh, You know, you might be skewed by that Anthony Richardson performance against Utah. That was a figment of our imagination. Do not worry. Georgia's going to punch these guys in the face. Even with Tennessee looming next week, it won't matter. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this game? Well, Dan, I was ready to go with Florida, 
Um, I, I really did. I, I thought all week, the last couple of days, I'm like, I think Florida's going to cover this. I think Florida's going to be okay. This is just too many points for such a big rivalry game. And then I sent you guys a, a tweet indicating that the SEC has informed Georgia and Florida they will be reevaluating the location of this rivalry in the future. So there's limited opportunities for Georgia to absolutely put it on them in Jacksonville in the neutral site game before this starts becoming home games. So this is a great opportunity for Georgia in this spot to, to really put it on them. I really wanted to take Florida. I really wanted to take the points. I just, I can't do it. Don't blame you, Tom. I have little to add. I feel the same way. I I'm very tempted to take Florida, but just can't do it. So I guess Georgia it is three for three. Very good. All right. Oregon at Cal Oregon laying 17 total 58 Oregon coming off a nice win over UCLA. Thank you very much. Uh, going on in Oregon. I know they lost by a hundred to Georgia, but that was in Georgia the first game of the year since then. Hats off to what they've been doing. Bo Nix, since the Georgia game, 25 touchdowns, one interception. Crazy Bo Nix, you don't know. And what's even crazier is you're going to see him in the NFL next year. Like, he he's going to oh, yeah. get drafted, and he's going to play. Like, it, it's like you're going to see him start for Washington next next year. It's I wouldn't be surprised. Um, this line's not big enough. Or, Oregon's going to roll. Cal's bad. Uh, I know it's a road game, you know, uh, after UCLA and all that, but I like Oregon a lot here, minus 17. Um, Not much else really to say about this one. I think we can move on. Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Kansas State at home, minus one and a half, total 56. Oklahoma State coming off a big win over Texas, a game in which Texas was called for 14 penalties and Oklahoma State was called for zero penalties. Hmm. Wonder if that has anything to do with Texas moving to the SEC. I'm guessing yes. Um, again, you got to check the health here in Kansas State. You got to see uh, what quarterbacks are available. If they have Martinez or the number two, uh, you have to like Kansas State. They're they're actually a pretty good team. And also the running back Deuce Vaughn got hurt last week too. So I think this is a wait and see game. But do you guys have anything to add on this one until you know more? Totally wait and see. I was crazy impressed by Kansas State last week against TCU. Um, just the way they play, toughness. You know, I, I was really, really impressed. I like Kansas State. And like you said, Dan, 14 penalties to zero last week. Law of averages tell us that they're getting 10 for 112 this week. Yes, so also true. I, I kind of lean towards if Kansas State's healthy, even if their number two quarterback is healthy, he's way better than Martinez, by the way. If he's good to go, he's very good. If he's good to go, that's that's a big Kansas State play for me. I agree. Z, you got anything? No. Okay. You'll, well, you'll have something on this one. I'm going to have. I'm a waiting something. and I'm ready and I know what it is. <laughs> Northwestern travels to Iowa. Iowa minus eleven over under thirty seven and a half. Now. Before we start here, I want to give a, 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 a thank you slash congratulations slash I want to hang out with you to the bookmaker at Circa Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Do you know that that sportsbook 
maker likes to set his lines based on what he thinks. He doesn't look at the other markets, but he bets it on what he thinks. What did he open this total at on Sunday afternoon? Well, we've been talking about it all year. And we've been <laughs> the the ultimate Big Ten line we want is a total of 29.5. So mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine a Vegas odds maker actually doing that. So I'm gonna say 30 even. He opened it at 31 and a half, and everybody else opened it up at 37. Um well he's less I, wrong. He's less wrong than the others. Amazing job. Uh opening at 31 and a half is the lowest open of a non um service academy total in college football history. And that's what he opened it up at. Uh he's now adjusted to the rest of the market and he's at 37 and a half. This total keeps creeping up for no good reason whatsoever. Um I'm gonna bet the lowest alt total I can find. And I will send you a slip on it. I don't care if it's 28 and a half, 27 and a half. It doesn't matter. They're terrible. Do you guys want to talk about this before I, I, I do a little little extra thing on this game? No, I mean, I literally was going to, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't know how many gambling sites there are that, you know, I can access from Connecticut, but I'm going to scour all of them. I need to, <laughs> I need to do, first I need to make a spreadsheet. I got to figure out, I might have to take the day off work Friday. I'm going to find all of them and find the lowest total I can find on this game. And the funny thing is I'm tempted to also um, lay the points with Iowa 12, zero. Ryan, do you like anything in this game? Do you be tuning in on any, any minutes of this game? Nothing to add, Dan. That's very good. I, I have something to add. Uh, it's coach's restaurant time. And this week we're going to do Pat Fitzgerald head coach of Northwestern. Um, Pat Fitzgerald was no longer the coach of Northwestern. He would be a good restaurant manager at Coleman's Irish pub in Syracuse, New York. Oh no. That's right. Oh, the great no. Christopher, the great Christopher Maltesani on the Sopranos after a near death experience said he saw the gates to hell. And he said, I've seen hell, Tony. It's an Irish pub where it's St. Patrick's day every day. And that's what Northwestern football basically is. You're in hell because it's a total loss. Um, Coleman's, for those of you who didn't grow up in upstate New York, is a local bar uh, where a bunch of uh, losers basically hang out, people who you don't want to be around. Northwestern football is similar where you get, except it's not Irish pub people. It's a bunch of finance assholes from the university who are also there. Pat Fitzgerald being an Irishman will fill in very well. He'll know how to work, you know, uh, uh, the Irish bar scene. And, and I'm sure he knows how to pour a Guinness. He can make a car he knows, bomb. He can make a car bomb. He knows what the corned beef supposed to look like. You know, and you take a bunch of potatoes, you throw in a pot, you boil it, you call it dinner. He'll be fine there. Um, basically, this, um, this just boils down to um, Northwestern football being terrible. He's been there too long. The fans are in hell, and uh, he'd be great in an Irish pub. And I can't think of one where more clowns hang out on a regular basis than Coleman's in Syracuse. So good luck, Pat. Have fun up there on Tip Hill. This is a travesty, an affront to our hometown. <laughs> 
<laughs> Couldn't help myself. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on here. A couple more games to go. Okay. Big game. Probably game of the week, actually. Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee minus 12.5. Total 62.5. Uh, Kentucky coming off, or sorry, Tennessee coming off basically a bye week playing UT Martin. They had 52 points at half and called off the dogs. They could have easily scored 100. Tennessee's looking pretty much invincible right now. Uh, Z, what do you think of this game? 12 and a half, 62 and a half for the total. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm scrolling to find it and I can't, but uh, I'll just go off memory. Um, Will Levis is great. And as you mentioned, along with KJ Jefferson and, you know, probably with Hendon Hooker as well. Uh, they are the MVPs of college football, you know, maybe not going to win a Heisman or anything aside from hooker, but like no quarterback is more valuable to their team than Will Levis. We've seen how horrible they are when he doesn't play and how great they are when he does play. I, maybe I'm crazy, but I think that Kentucky can keep it within 12 points keep it within 10 points and give them a close game. I do think Tennessee pulls it out. They seem to seem to be like a team of destiny, but I think, on paper, Kentucky matches up pretty well. So I'm going to take the points with Will Levis, future number one pick, Will Levis. Ryan, over. That's that's the play in this game. I can't, I can't figure out the line. Tennessee might beat them by 30. Kentucky might win outright. I, I honestly have no idea if, on that. So I'm going to go with an overplay. And I will ask you guys, did you happen to catch the interview with Will Levis yesterday? They asked him, you know, what, who do you watch? Like what, what quarterbacks film do you, do you watch the most? Who do you think you're, you know, you're most like, oh yeah. A lot of Josh Allen film going on at Will Levis's house. He thinks he is the next, he said he is studies Josh Allen and says that uh, he is the most similar to him. So love that. Okay. Love the confidence. I'm going to go with an over. He's going to try to go throw for throw with hooker. Okay. Um, second shocking pick of the week, Kentucky outright victory on Saturday, Kentucky coming off a of bye week, Tennessee plays Georgia next week. Will love is finally healthy. Chris Rodriguez back at running back. Tennessee suspect defense look ahead spot. They've been covering every week. Vegas bumped up the line. You have to take Kentucky. You have to take the over, take Kentucky in the points, take the over and sprinkle a little on the money line for the trifecta. We've seen this happen a lot in college football teams who are unexpectedly undefeated. It looks like they're unstoppable. And then they lose the game before the game. And this is a perfect spot. They've had two weeks to plan for this. I think they're going to have some wrinkles. They're a tough defensive team. Levis is uh, – this is going to be his showcase game. If he beats Hendon Hooker, he might go number one in the draft, and I think he knows that too. So um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I, I think I'm going to bet Kentucky Moneyline. By the way, a Penn State-Kentucky Moneyline parlay, 26-1. to 1. I want to fire that just for a little fun. Can't hurt. Put, the put Will Levis, bucks on the that. The Will Levis parlay. I love it. It's funny, you know, because everybody, even including us jokes about like, oh, Penn State, you know, gave up the number one pick for Sean Clifford in his six year career. But like 
when Will Levis was at Penn State, I mean, he did get some playing time and he was like the the hammer running quarterback. Like, yeah, no one, including myself, who watches all Penn State games, had any inclination that he would be this good or that he could throw or, you know, command a team. You know, mm-hmm. I thought he was good enough to start somewhere, but, you know, number one pick was beyond, you know, what anyone comprehended. So I just feel so great for him. You know, he's a Connecticut guy too. So, you know, he'll always uh, be in my heart. Question for you guys. Who would you say was the better college quarterback? Will Levis or Justin Herbert? Uh, Herbert. I thought Herbert. But I thought Herbert was like a just unique talent more of a sample size i mean levis i mean uh well well you know what really i guess it's a year and a half at this point uh, herbert slightly but uh herbert had some flaws for sure and he looks great in the nfl that, that's that's why i bring that up because i i do think it's i i don't like the josh allen comparison but i do like a herbert comparison i think they're they're similar in that regard and so you know, I just, I just had a, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Cause I think that's Levis's tra- trajectory, you know, very similar to Herbert's where he might end up being the, the second or third quarterback in the draft. And by like week eight, the next year, they're like, why wasn't he the first quarterback taken? Like everyone said about Herbert. So I think there's a chance that if Levis doesn't go one, he goes like third quarterback. I think there's going to be a lot of people going, why didn't he go one? Why didn't he go one? I um, I like the Josh Allen comparison, even though his game looks a little different in terms of style, because he's a guy with some flaws or didn't seem like the best passer. But I do feel like he could command a locker room and a team and through sheer force of personality kind of, um, you know, command a team and then, you know, has the work ethic to improve beyond what people thought him capable of, just like Josh Allen. So. I kind of like that. I, I understand what you're saying with Herbert too. Maybe some kind of combination of the two. He's a cool big guy. Herbert, Herbert right. on the streets and Allen in the sheets or vice versa. I like that. All right, Tom, we're going back to the big 10 normal, big rivalry game. Not so much Michigan state at Michigan, Michigan minus 23 total 55. Go right ahead. This is a really tough game to pick because even when they suck, Michigan state always plays well against Michigan always. And so you'd be tempted to take the large line, but something seems different about this year's Michigan state team. They just seem awful. And Michigan's just physically manhandling teams. And um, it's one of those that we say many times, like if you pick Michigan state and you lose, you're going to feel like an idiot. So I think you've got to lay it with Michigan, even though I, I don't feel great about it. Ryan, anything to add to this joke of a game? No. Me neither. I'm not. I'm pretending like it's not going on. Uh, let's continue on. Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Ole Miss minus two. Total 55. Texas A&M three and four. Three and four A&M, who's ranked six to begin the year. I, you know, I want to give credit where credit's due. We said week one, A&M and Notre Dame had no business being in the top 10. And would you look at that? They're combined seven and seven so far on the year. Seven losses for those bullshit teams, and we're in October. That's pathetic. 
Uh, Ryan, any thoughts on Ole Miss minus two, total 55 in this game? This is another Vegas game where, like, you look at the, like you said, you look at the records, you look at the, you know, stats, box scores, point totals, and you're like, why is Ole Miss not favored by 10? And you, it just, it's a, it's a Vegas game for me. This is a weird game. I always ride on the lane train, so I will, I will roll with Ole Miss here, but I am not confident. Vegas knows something that we don't know about this game. There's no reason it should be two. No, none. Z, you got anything on this one? I'm going to take an under in this game. Texas A&M, despite their many flaws, does have a decent defense. And, you know, Ole Miss is transforming into a little bit more of a defensive or a lot more of a defensive team, as well as like not the scoring powerhouse they've been for several years. So I actually think this is going to be a tight, low scoring game. Give me an under. In terms of the line, Very I think it's, it's right on. Somebody wins by two or three points. Uh, real quick, I just want to mention this one. Arizona State travels to Colorado. Arizona State minus 13 and a half. Watch out for Colorado as a live dog in this game. I know they're not good, but Carl Durrell's not around anymore. Either is Herm. And Colorado, Halloween weekend, Arizona State can't be trusted. Emory Jones has a whopping five passing touchdowns on the year. Wouldn't be shocked if Arizona State totally blows this game and goes to two and six. I think that team's totally quit on the season. Uh, Ricaro might actually try a little bit, but I probably won't bet it. But if you throw Colorado in that Penn State Kentucky money line parlay, it goes to 145 to one, which is kind of fun. Just putting that out there. Um, all right, let's move on. This game I want to talk about Pitt at North Carolina. North Carolina minus three, total 64 and a half. Okay, so Pitt, you may have scored uh, 10 points in the last seven quarters, which has brought this over-under down from where it should be, about 72.5 down to 64.5. This is a night game, 8 o'clock start in UNC. North Carolina defense does not exist. Gene Chiggins has not figured anything out. I really like the over 64.5 in this game. I think both teams can score a lot. I think Pitt gets healthy on offense this game, and they put up 35, 38, 42 points. UNC is going to score on that terrible Pitt defense as well, and I really like the over. Ryan, you got any thoughts on this one? Uh, here's a thought. Does Pitt only play games at noon or at night? They don't yep. play any – their schedule is at all either they play the early game or they play super late. They play nothing in the middle the whole year. Really mm-hmm. weird. Um that being said, I think Dan made a great point. The over is the play in this game. You can't trust either team to stop anyone. And you can't trust either team to to anything. You know, one big blowout, close game, I don't know. So this is just bet for points and watch the shenanigans unfold. It's true. Z, you got anything on this game? This is very interesting. I'll, I'd like to watch this game, but I don't have any predictions. I thought this was going to be your uh, everyone's wrong or your, your opinion is wrong game. I know we did. Pittsburgh I can't do Pitt week. every week. I, I, I know. can't do Pitt Louisville. That's why I had to move it. But don't worry, Pitt Louisville will, will be featured again in this segment. But but I think I, I think the off. same the same principle applies here that everything could potentially be wrong. So bet an over and have fun. Uh, and that's it. 
that wraps up the lines for me. I don't have anything else to add. Um, you guys want to talk about some games I skipped over by chance? Yeah, go for it, Ryan. Yeah, we're going to go with a late night parlay, Dan. We're going to take right. San Jose State minus the 24 and a half. They're pretty good. Nevada is awful. Like, mm-hmm. bad, bad. 24 and a half doesn't scare me. I like San Jose State. We are on a fade Hawaii run this season, Dan. You have an opportunity to bet the Wyoming Josh Allen Cowboys getting a vacation to get to go to Hawaii for for Halloween. I like Wyoming minus the 10 and a half. So late night, if if you had a bad day, get it back with a late night parlay. San Jose State, Wyoming. Very good. Tom, you got any? Uh, you know, I'll take a couple, um, you know, weak picks or low confidence picks, but uh, Minnesota minus 14 against Rutgers. Minnesota, despite, you know, getting blown out by Penn State, they had a new quarterback. I actually saw a few things in the second half that I liked from that quarterback. And, you know, Ibrahim's now back at running back after injury, and he just looks great. So, you know, I feel like Minnesota's got some pieces there to beat a team like Rutgers, you know, they're not going to hang with the elite teams, the Ohio States, et cetera, or even the Penn States, but, um, they do have the talent to beat up on Rutgers. Um, a fun one that I thought we would mention, um, give me an over on Cincinnati and central Florida, two teams that are playing well with notable exceptions, but you know, two fun teams down in the, uh, American conference that can score That's a lot of call. points. Uh, and then, um, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but I just have to point out how the Illinois fighting Illini are ranked 17th in the country and a seven and a half point favorite at Nebraska. So, (laughs) I mean, that is, you know, Nebraska who was like, I swear to God, some people had them in the top 10 preseason. Am I, am I imagining this or was that last year? I think it happens every year, but yeah, I think they're like 12th or something. I think they got some top 10 votes. I don't know if they actually made the top 10, but I think they got some votes. In and now Brett Bielema and the 17th ranked Illini are a seven and a half point favorite against them. And I think you got to take Illinois. So congrats. Uh, and then Dan, would you like to weigh in on New Mexico State minus two at UMass, the worst game of the season? Ooh. Give me anyone over UMass. Give me the main Black Bears. So. Go, what is it New Mexico State? State, yes. Go Aggies. <laughs> um, would anyone like to talk about the 25th ranked South Carolina and Spencer Rattler? I don't have a pick for the game, but uh, <laughs> one thing I've noticed, we have our Zach Mills Award where we talk about quarterbacks who had promise and then kind of uh, fell off, but something weird's been happening this year, whether it's Bo Nix or Spencer Rattler, or Adrian Martinez, all these guys who would have been Zach War- Zach Mills award winners in previous years, uh, they all seem to want to be good again. Like there's a resurgence of the, the, the long forgotten quarterbacks. So what's going on? There's what's a couple. The well, yes, that's true, but don't worry. There, there's still plenty of candidates for their, this year. There, there's three that I can think of right now. It's a very deep class for the Zach Mills Award. And when you have a deep class like this, some are going to, you know, obviously bow out. So 
Uh, don't be fooled just because those guys, including, you know, well, I don't want to, you know what? I don't want to give away the names, but um, there's, yeah, there, there's plenty of candidates for sure. Guys, I missed one. I got one more game I like. Can't believe I missed this one because he snuck by without being on the tarmac this week, but we cannot forget you. Willie Taggart, <laughs> Florida Atlantic. He's been uh, off for I a love while. UAB minus five and a half at Florida Atlantic. I like UAB a lot. They're still a good team. They had a tough loss last week to Western Kentucky. Um, by one, so this is the week they, they bounce back and they smash Willie and the Owls. Uh, UAB's quarterback got hurt in the second quarter in that game, or else they would have beaten Western Kentucky. So if he's back, that's a great pick. Uh, I, I also will take a Wake Forest at Louisville, speaking of bad coaches who have somehow dodged mm. the tarmac. Good call. Fade Satterfield. He's an idiot. Fade Satterfield. And you can usually just take an auto over with any Wake Forest game. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. God, we've had a half dozen coaches fired and we could still go 10 deep on the tarmac. This Easily. Is Your tarmac did not did not have Satterfield, Taggart, McIntyre. Uh, there's more, I'm sure, but like that could Halfly. be... Halfley. Halfley. Yes, this could have been the tarmac. And you could have left all the guys you had on off and we still couldn't have argued with the pick. So it's the deepest season of bad coaching I've ever seen. We truly are in a golden age of terrible coaching. And And, I give you uh, credit, Ryan, for manifesting this. Just real quick, uh, UConn football trying to get six wins update. If they win this week against BC, that's four. They got UMass next week, that's five. Then they play... Liberty, which is a loss in the last game of the year, they play against Army. So there's a path, but you got to beat BC this week, and it can happen. Where's that Army game? Is that at the rent? I'm not sure. I already, already X the screen out, but um, <laughs> you didn't want to get a virus yeah. on your computer, so no, no more than no, seven seconds on a Yukon page. That is way worse than some other shady websites. You All might, right. it might fry the hard drive. I may, I may go to that depending on what else is on and if it's in UConn. But remember, we've got a date at the Pinstripe Bowl when they go 6-6. Six and six. Can't wait. All right. Uh, any last words before we sign off for the night? If you live in a state that has mail-in voting, please get your mail-in ballots in soon. Please vote. All right. Do that. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another show. Take care. Bye. Take the point, 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 take the point